Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Apologies for everyone who was expecting an episode last week. We missed last week. It's the first week we've missed in a very long time. Scott Carter, who joins me in a second, was on a business trip overseas. We're going to hear a little bit about that. I was busy doing a whole host of various things, including the Odyssey AI putter launch. We'll talk a little bit about that. But right now, let's catch up with the main man, Scott Carter. Let's bring him in. Carter, welcome back to the Mile Love of Golf podcast. Welcome back to Australia after a uh, what I believe is a couple of successful weeks stateside, trying to dial yes. up uh, the, uh, the 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 security of the shoe global elite shoe market. I'm trying sure. to make it fairer for fans, Roscoe. That's right, mate. Yeah, no big big trip to the US, but no, hey, thanks thanks for having me back on your show. It's uh, it's been a couple of weeks, um, but yeah, good to get back. Good to back get back uh, Aussie side and um, and back into the fray. Uh, but yeah. Heck, a couple of weeks in the US, mate. I don't think I've ever had such a busy work trip. It was crazy. If uh, if you're wondering what we're talking about with Scott keeping the um, elite, uh, you know, collectible shoe market uh, safe and secure for all prospective buyers, go back and check out one of the episodes that we did when Scott first joined us, and he tells us exactly what he gets up to. But uh, needs to say, he's been over in the states and and might have uh, snuck some golf in. Did you sneak did, some mate. golf in? Yes, you did. I did. I had one spare day out of two weeks. Um, Roscoe, we went like LA, Portland. So landed in LA, Portland, Chicago, New York, Charlotte, um, down to Orlando, Tampa, through Denver and home. It was like a wild um, couple of weeks, but I had one spare day. And uh, and a colleague of mine made a booking at um, actually Arnold Palmer's place uh, for our accommodation in Orlando. So I took up the chance to go and play the, the Bay Hill, um, which was a real treat. And, look, it was a little bit disappointing that um, half the course was closed. They're kind of in the middle of overseeding at the moment. So um, they had done the front nine the week before. So there's a lot of sand and, and a lot of water on the course, but it was still a ton of fun. And I didn't get to play the back nine. Um, I played the other nine of a uh, little course there. They've got there called the the Challenger course or the Charger course, um, but still, still tons of fun. Like being able to play some of the holes we've watched on TV for so long, um, and some of the some really iconic moments, you know, at the course and for that tournament um, on some of those great holes, like number six, uh, that par five that goes, you know, all the way around that that big body of water. That Bryson kind of took the uh, the line straight over the straight over the like lake at the uh, at the green um, with the big remember the big drive he did with the arms in the air and uh, and the crowd kind of pumping him up so um, so yeah that was a ton of fun I played a bunch of balls on that that hole because there was you know, basically no one else around and it was uh, it was it was pretty pretty sparse out there so I took my time and and. I must have played that whole what five times, I guess, uh, with the number of balls I played. But um, yeah, it was good fun. It was really good fun. So you're loading up, trying to out Bryson. Bryson, how in you know no. you probably need a bit of Pythagoras to work out how close you were to you know 
were to Bryson or not. It, it, it was a long way. It was a long way. I, I, I lined up the first one. I go, okay, what line would I normally take? All right, well, I, I would kind of go at the middle of the bunker and just try and hit a little cut, and um, and and that worked out okay. And then I thought, oh, maybe I'll just push it to the left edge of the bunker and see if I can hit it straight. And um, and that one just cut a little bit, so finished maybe in the middle of the bunkers. Um, and then and then I just tried to roost one and started it kind of left of the bunker, and it actually drew. And um, and I must have cleared the water on on that line by about a meter or two. Um, but it was like a long way in front of my first ball. Um, I think I had 200 and uh, 209 meters or something to the middle of the green, I, I think, um, for my second. But, uh, but yeah, it, it was interesting, like playing those different shots and just trying to bite off a little bit more with each shot. Um, and, uh, and luckily, I think I had five balls off the tee because I actually played that nine twice, but, um, and didn't put any in the water. So I was happy with that. So did you breathe in the atmosphere of Arnie? Does the, the vibe of Arnie, you know, well and truly live um, in and around Bay Hill? Oh, yeah, absolutely, mate. Like the memorabilia throughout the whole place was uh, was really cool, actually. <laughs> there was so many things signed by different, you know, celebrities from different like walks of life, musicians and actors and what like anyone that's shaken Arnie's hand um you know, and he's had a photo with him. Is there like tons of photos of of him and his playing days, obviously, and you know some great photos of like him and Jack and um, uh, and Gary Player in 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 um, in the Masters jackets in the Masters, and um, and then down into the change rooms um, was was very cool. Like tons of lockers around, obviously with great names on them, and um, tons more memorabilia and and like a real kind of. Real, real man's den um, down there in that little locker room, and I used actually used Bubba Watson's locker for the day, so he's got his own locker there. And um, when the guy, the locker room guy, was like, "Oh, do you want a locker?" I said, "Yeah, why not? I'll take a locker. I mean, I've, I've got nothing to put in it, but I'll put a little, <laughs> put my wallet in it or whatever." And he said, "Oh, yeah, there's there's these pros here," and um, he said, oh, "I can't give you that one because he's actually here. It was Daniel Chopra, and." Um, so in the end, I was out there, out there, kind of hitting some balls on the range against um, or next to Daniel Chopper. But yeah, Bubba wasn't there, so I used Bubba, used Bubba's um, um, uh, locker. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, tons of memorabilia and, and just kind of the aura of Arnie for sure. Did you find yourself walking around the locker room just like checking out every nameplate on every locker? Yeah, like no, I haven't been in a whole load of locker rooms that have, you know, that sort of uh, level of um, accoutrement attached to them. But there, there are many um, that I have been in and I definitely find myself standing at each locker and having a moment and reading as you would have Bubba Watson and trying to envision, you know, was Bubba actually here? When was he here? What was he doing when he was here? And there's, yeah. But there's one locker that it just um, – I, I, I don't know. I don't know – how to think about it if it actually did happen because and it's so close to my home backyard in the Hunter Valley. The vintage up in Cessnock has yep. a locker room and it has yep. names on the lockers. Uh, I think Peter Thompson's one. I think uh, definitely Greg Norman's um, yep. got one. George Lazenby has an, his name on a locker. And do you know who George Lazen, Lazenby was? He was a, oh, he yeah, was, I don't. He was Australia's 007. 
Right. And George, I think, <laughs> I'm saying, I remember when I first saw it, George Lazenby, 007, was he actually here? Um, anyway, weird things that happen in locker rooms, but I definitely find myself walking yeah. around those types of locker rooms just trying to breathe in what, what, you know, who was here and, and what were they doing when they were standing there. And um, yeah. Yeah. So um, very good. You went to a few cities. Imagine, imagine if you yeah. had to, you know, like when you're rattling off those cities, I was thinking, imagine if that was a golf trip. The courses, oh. the courses that you, that you would play yeah. is pretty much, you know, not 80% of the best cities in, in the States to go and play golf at, I reckon. Yeah, some pretty good courses at each of those cities, I think. Um, yeah, no, that would have been, even including Charlotte, there's a, there's a PGA Tour stop in Charlotte as well. So, um, so yeah, no, that, that would, be, would be a fun route, actually. Uh, just talking about your work, you know, anything sort of mm. interesting, little quirky stories from uh, your working life that you might uh, regale the um, the listeners with? Oh, no, it was um, it was a really fun trip, mate. Like we, the, the company is doing so well, and you, you know, really has a um, has a really strong spot in in the community now, like in in sneaker culture and in um, you, you know the different. Um, the different categories that we plan. So we got to meet some really amazing brands and companies that we that both want to work with us and we want to work with them. So, um, so that was, that was super fun. Um, and um, got to meet some really cool people along the way that are in, you know, sneaker culture and, and we're working with and, uh, and that kind of thing. But I did have a meeting lined up with, um with Marcus Jordan. So Michael Jordan's son. So he's got a, he's got a, a store, a sneaker store in Orlando called Trophy Room and a very cool store, lots of cool product. They do great collaborations with Jordan brand. Obviously he's got all the latest, you know, um, Jordan drops and, and, and other streetwear brands. But, um, but yeah, I, I had a meeting with him lined up said, yep, meet you at the store on Wednesday afternoon. Um, uh, I'm coming in from Charlotte, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I said, yep, no worries. And uh, roll up to the store and he's, and of course he's not there. Like, <laughs> of course he's not there. Um, I got no showed by um, fresh aired by Marcus Jordan, but um, we followed up on email, so we're, we're still chatting. We're still hopeful, um, but yeah, that that was funny. Um, uh, and, was it an, um, was it an impressive store? Like you know, like this these types of streetwear culture stores are you know usually not short on you know bling. Uh, to, you know, to, to use a, uh, yeah, a totally. term of phrase, was it fully blinged up? Yeah, it was very blinged up, and and obviously all about Jordan and Jordan Brand and, and his dad. Um, so there's some a very cool, um, almost like floral creation of um, a Jordan's uh, Bulls singlet, um, like like massive, not not kind of the size of a normal uh, basketball singlet, but um, but yeah, that installation. There was uh, a really cool little installation of. Um, I don't know. Everyone might know the wings poster that um, that Jordan did, where he's kind of got his outstretched outstretched hands there, holding a basketball many years ago. So that, along with um, perhaps one of the most valuable pairs of Jordan collabs um, down the off white um, Jordan One Chicago's um, in the display there, and, and among some other things. So, um, so yeah, it, it is a cool store um, for sure. Yeah. Well, very good, mate. Uh, it's great to have you back. And, uh, good to be back, Roscoe. Looking forward to getting a few summer games of golf in and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, and recording uh, some of your progress. Um, now, when we talk about progress, I think mm. uh, last we caught up, you know, before off-air, you know, we talked about 
your mental game and, you know, since um, we've connected back with Jamie and Jamie's going to um, have you on and we'll do an episode on the uh, Mental Mastery yep. Golf Podcast, which we haven't done for a long time. Yep. But um, you've obviously been playing some golf. How is the old uh, noggle game going? Yeah, well, mate, I was in a very bad way and um, I think the, the lowest of lows I've ever been. But, uh, you know, yeah, as you said, you and I had a chat um, and we talked – and I listened to I've listened to maybe the first five podcasts that you guys have done on the mental mastery, so which covered a few of the basics and some of the things that you and I spoke about in terms of the, the three C's. Um, and 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 honestly, mate, that really really helped me um, just getting clarity, um, commitment, and, and uh, confidence in um, in what I was doing, and and just just kind of bring it all back to hey, what's the what's the kind of shot you're hitting. Um, and um, is it a what kind of percentage shot is it? Are you confident in the shot, and then committing to the shot. And um, also just got to the point I think Roscoe where like the score doesn't matter. Um, I've got to, I've got to kind of get my head around like the score doesn't matter, and and get that out of my head, and um, and just enjoy the game. And and I, and I just really enjoyed the day out at Bay Hill, and I think at a place like that. Um, uh, you've you've just got to forget about the score and not even not even keep score um, for for some I guess but um, you just got to enjoy a place like that and, a, and an experience like that and and I did that and I mean, you know, in the end I, I played great like I I had um, I had five over on the front nine the first time I played it I had three over on that front nine the second time I played it and had one over on the other um, the other nine which was a lot, a lot shorter than than um the main course but um but yeah hit the ball great and then went out and played spring valley today and had 33 points and you know inside of a couple of bo- double bogeys like I, I hit the ball great and i'm just um standing over that ball just thinking about those three things now and that's it and and just like every shot i'm just trying to catch myself thinking oh i've got to make birdie here or you know if i if i i've got to make par here or i'm or I'm screwed, you know, like, and before I even get to the T and, and so, um, yeah, removing that kind of stuff out of my head is definitely helping, but still work in progress. Yeah. Well, it, it will take a bit of time and certainly, you know, I'm not a shining light of example of perfection in, you know, the, the, the mental game, but it's certainly, you know, that work. And I've said this before working with Jamie and just absorbing, you know, his tutelage as I ask questions basically, which is that podcast mm. sort of started as, yeah. um, really did, was like free training. And um, it, I know it, it helps and, and your brain can be, and your, the, can be retrained. Those, you know, neural pathways is uh, a term that uh, if you listen to that podcast you hear about, um, definitely can can be rewired. And, you know, even playing socially, um, you know, you can, you can practice. You can practice that sort of stuff and... Um, for me, I'm at the point now where you know I play a lot of golf without a scorecard, and I get to the point mm. thinking, oh, I actually probably need to start playing some golf with a scorecard just to just to test myself, and which is something we also talked about, you know, putting yourself back under competitive pressure. Um, yeah. But but certainly there's a place for playing without a scorecard, and you know, just breathing in each shot at a time, and you know, uh, the big thing for me that percentage and the, you know, can you execute the shot with eighty percent confidence that you can commit to that shot that you can actually pull that shot off is it in your mm. bag not yep. is it in your bag on the one percent of a time when you hit the worldy shot you know because you hit that high ropey draw 
18 months ago when you had 35 points and won, yeah. you know, a ball in the ball comp. No, can you do yep. it 80% of the time when you stand there in that position to make that shot? That is a, that is a big thing to um, get your head around and, and mm. it's a great thing to be able to commit to because it does give you a very good reference of what level of golf you need to play to make a score on that hole, you know, what type of golfer you are and what type of golfer you aren't. And I think that's a big thing that a lot of golfers have to understand is, you know, what we all have a picture of what type of golfer, you know, we aren't, we are, mm. Yep. But it's it's more so understanding the golfer you aren't because I think sometimes we all elevate ourselves into the golfers that we want to be and we just can't yep. and we're just not there. Yeah. And um, yeah. so and having that picture. Like two or three times, at least twice today, um, two months ago I would have tried a hero shot in the same situation I was in today in, in two different um, situations. But instead I was thinking about that and thinking, um, well, no, that's – I'm not confident in pulling off that shot because I know I know I'm not going to like that's a hero shot that's a twenty percent shot, um, and made a different decision and you know I think the scorecard reflected yeah. that like and so I didn't um, I didn't end up with a wipe you know I I, I scrounged a point or um, or you know made a made a great made a nice putt for a par or whatever so it it's it definitely uh, definitely helped today for sure. Uh, just in closing on that, I know either of us have watched a lot of golf in recent weeks, um, but over the journey when you think about the golf that we have watched at the professional level mm. and, you know, week to week, round to round, you know, whether it's round one, round four, you know, un- unless the person is out and out in contention and has to go for the win, 90% of the shots that the p- players make when they're in trouble or out of position, as the commentators like to say, is something back to safety, is something yep. back to where they can make a score from and, and minimise the opportunity for a blowout. Uh, and that is the the guiding principle, the guiding light. And very rare if you, you can probably, you know, if you, someone sat down and went through all of those tournaments, yeah, you would see that yep. 99% of the time people go for safety rather than going for it. And, and then a lot of the times when you look at the players that go for it when they're in that sort of final stretch, how many times we've to- spoken about some of these, you know, guys that were in the lead with a hole and a two holes to go or, or pushing for a, a win and yeah. bidding it, it in Magoom. So um, yep. we're, we're no different to, to that. Um, yeah. I think sometimes we, we, we want to go, you know, back to my point before, we want to 90% of the time, you know, we go for it rather than just, playing for our medicine uh, anyway yep. good um we will do no, that with, we will do that with jamie and it's good to hear that uh, your golf is um on on the up and i look forward to on seeing i look forward to putting it under a bit of uh, competitive pressure uh, very soon uh, either at uh, peninsula kingswood or spring valley um yeah how is how I look is forward to that too how's spring valley Mate, how's spring valley I, looking i hadn't been to spring valley for it's at least six weeks and um it, it looks so good <laughs> like the guys have done such a great job. Like there's just so much grass coverage on like the tee boxes and around the tees where they, where they were doing some repair work and um, the greens are incredible. The clubbies are on this week, this this Saturday. They start this Saturday. So, um, so yeah, it looks so good. Um, I'm not playing in the clubbies, but uh, I was playing with a couple of guys um, today that I've played with a few times um, and uh, they had a little match going on between them. And 
Timmy, he's off four. He's had 38 points. So he's had a couple over the card, played great. Um, but uh, Caleb, so plus one, he's the the, um, the the trainee pro down at Commonwealth. He had six under today, Roscoe, around Spring Valley. And uh, like, yeah, okay, forward tees off the whites on a Tuesday, whatever. But, um, but made, yeah, made one bogey. Um, and I mean, I've played, I've watched Sid. We've talked a bit about Sid and, and some of the guys at the Valley, but this was, I think, one of the best rounds of golf I've seen, like right up close. Like he was, he was hitting the ball. So he made so many parts and just made it look so easy. Yeah. Six under off the stick. It's, it's great to be around that type of golf, you know, if you get the opportunity. Um, especially when you're, you know, playing at a reasonable level, at a single figure level, and just to be able to, you know, see the type of shots. And again, relative to what we we're just talking about, see how mm. you know someone who plays the course six under um, gets it around. Um, fairways, greens, putts. Fairways, greens, yeah. putts. Puts committed a hole. There's a bit of luck in there, but I guarantee that most of it was built around very consistent performance. Yeah, totally, hundred percent. Hmm. Well, that's good shooting from that young man at uh, from yeah. Commonwealth. Uh, his course is his course is uh, only nine holes, I think, at the moment. Pretty sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He was saying today, nine, nine holes at the moment. It looks like maybe like March it might reopen mm-hmm. all eighteen, but yeah, nine holes at the moment. Now, my uh, I've been very busy. Um, it's, it's today's like the third day in a row where I haven't had uh, paint um, grilled right. into, into my fingernails or you know stained on my clothes or on my you know whatever hat good hat that I chose to wear that I shouldn't have been wearing when I was painting but I wasn't going to paint but then I picked up a paintbrush and started painting and I got paint on my shoes. I've gone through that many clothes painting the house. Um, hmm. I need to get another restock of Travis Matthew because I've painted I was going to say, lucky you've got a sponsorship with uh, Travis Matthews, <laughs> I, mate. So. I, I don't but, um, <laughs> but I do wear a lot of it and I have uh, painted in a lot of it because I come back from doing something. I thought I'll just give that a bit of a paint ended up spilling paint over myself. But it is the third day in a row that I haven't had paint under my fingernails, um, which was good because I yarra yarra uh, yesterday for a golf day, um, I didn't want to have paint under my fingernails turning up to a no. corporate golf day. Uh, thanks to Matt Lim from uh, Ladbrokes for taking me uh, as part of the the uh, NEDS team at the MRC, uh, Melbourne Racing Club um, Foundation's charity event. Um, it was very good to go down there and make a little donation to their charity and, and play some golf. We uh, played an Ambrose. Um, we had, uh, what do we have? We had 14 under off the stick. Maybe 15 Eesh. under. Four, yeah, 14 or 15 under. Um, we lost by about three shots. Handicap, <laughs> handicap adjusted. We lost, by th- we lost by three shots. Um, we, oh, we, were, we were leading, you know, speaking of score watching, we were, you know, it was a, a very good day put on by um, Gary Lisbon's um, business. Uh, you can check out Gary Lisbon's podcast about five episodes ago. But Gary, yep. in that episode, we talk about his business, which runs golf events as well. Uh, Gary wasn't there. He was up at Hamilton Island taking wonderful photos. Uh, but Janet was there, who's uh, Gary's offsider, and she does a wonderful job. Um, you get to see the scores up until a, the 14th hole, and then you don't get to see the scores anymore. And at about hole 12, we were three shots ahead. And Limmy, oh. Limmy just kept putting the pressure, come on, boys. I don't, he, he had one of his competitors that were 
bet R. And now I'm not into gambling. I told him that. I said, Limmy, I'm, I'm the worst person in the world to invite to a gambling ra- you know, racing yeah. fraternity day. I, I, I don't do any of that sort of stuff. He said, no, no, I want you here for your long bombs, Roscoe. Your long drive. <laughs> I don't have many of those up my sleeve at the moment, Limmy, either. Um, but anyway, we went out and had a good fun. But bet R, he said, we, they cannot win. They cannot win. They cannot win. And guess who won? Bet R. Oh, no. <laughs> they've, had ten, they've had 10 under off a handicap of 10. So for net, tw- net un- 20 oh. under. Like, please. And that's what happens at these days, you know. You, yeah. You know, five, 25 handicappers or, you know, not self-nominated, 20 handicappers to get a handicap of 10, yeah, so it's 80 divided by an eighth or whatever it is. I can't do the math. Um, But, yeah, they were off 10 and they had like 10 oh. under and, yeah, we, oh, we, we lost. But the point is um, it was the second time in two weeks that I'd been to Yarra Yarra. Mm. Now, I love Yarra Yarra. I'd been to Yarra Yarra since... The Doak um, restoration, uh, Doak renovation, yep. Reno, Reno restoration, um, yep. and I hadn't played it. I'd been around photographing everything, so I'd had a really, right. really good behind-the-scenes look as that renovation was um, coming to life, but I'd never played until two weeks ago. I uh, yep. went out there two weeks ago with um, Frank Casey Jr. from uh, Rosa Penna in Ireland and another member who's a podcast listener and a very well-travelled golfer, Paul, a uh, good Scotsman. Uh, we support the same football team. So we had this great day out there, saw Yarra Yarra for the first or played Yarra Yarra for the first time. Really, they've done a great job there. And it's not until yeah. you get into the clubhouse and see the uh, overhead picture, which a lot of golf courses have, you know, the overhead picture, circa nine, you know, 2010, and then you right. see the overhead picture of the finished renovation just to see how much unnecessary or un, not unnecessary, it's obviously unnecessary because it's not there anymore, but the point is that, you know, like a Clates would say is it wasn't intended to be there at the start, so why do we have to have it here now? And that's the mm. sort of foliage and, and um, greenery that they've got rid of, you know, that, the non-Indigenous plantings that uh, various committees have put there over the time. So that's all gone. You know, this now trend to take courses back to, you know, their original intention to be able to see through them. You know, you can see through Yarra Yarra from the top to the bottom all the way to Warrigal Road from the clubhouse. You can see all the holes, all those wonderful par threes, some of the best par threes in the sand belt at Yarra Yarra, let me tell you that. 100%. If you haven't played there, try and and get yourself a spot at a charity day or go and play there with a member or get on there. It's... Mag- magnificent the work that they've done. It's still, you know, it's not a Royal Melbourne. It's not a Victoria. It's it's not at that level. I think that's fairly obvious. It obviously doesn't crack it into the world top 100, but it's a fine quality golf yep. course, great green, green complexes. The greens are super fast. Yep. And those, those par threes, and maybe except for the, I don't, I'm don't. i shocking with the whole numbers, but the the one from the road, the straight one down the hill that plays at about 170 metres, that's probably the, the least... Yeah, the number four of the par threes, but the rest of those par threes, especially those couple on the on the Warrigal Road side of the property, unbelievable. Yeah. Great par threes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm terrible with the whole numbers as well. But um uh there's one that kind of goes uphill and it's got the three tier yeah. um green. That that's an incredible hole. I I um, was I was I was on hole in one alert on that hole. Oh really? I had uh, finally got to that hole with and uh I worked out how to hit a golf ball again and uh hit it sailed straight over the top of the flag into the the um, bank, the ridge that you described there. I thought this is yep. going this is straight over the top of the flag. It's going to come back. And it started to come back towards the hole. And I did have a little this could go in the hole moment. 
it didn't it's it for whatever reason it must have had a lot of spin on it it stopped well short yeah. on a very severe downhill slope uh it stopped, yeah. it stopped well short but uh i did have a little sneaky this could be in the whole moment which is unlike me to have but it was it was just nice to see a ball sailing over the top of the pin um, yeah but yeah that, that hole in particular it's a fantastic hole um and um, is is it, is it number ten that goes downhill? It's kind of a short par four. You, you hit downhill, and it's got like a tabletop green. Um, Contra- that's very controver- elevated. Controversial. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's. it's yeah. I think. What it was did a, you hit, Roscoe? Uh, we hit a fifty. I hit a fifty-six degree um, wedge into that, and no, off the tee. Did you hit driver? Yeah, no. for sure, hundred percent. Well, oh, you did. Uh, yesterday, well, yesterday it was, and I did hit it with some. Um, when I was playing with Frank as well, yeah, I did hit a driver then. Mm. Um, it's it's a generous runway, but uh, it's the second shot that um, really can mm. throw you out. But yesterday, without the pressure of well, I did have some pressure yesterday because the rest of my playing partners have missed the green, so it was up to me right. with a fifty-six degree Callaway wedge in my hand to put it onto the green. Now back to the mental game discussion. There was a point in my life when that shot I would be sitting there. I would, I would rather walk off with my tail between my legs than commit to that shot. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. And yeah. and yesterday, I did, I did it. It was, you know, put it with, and we sunk the putt, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a foot from the pin by any means, but it landed at the target, the big square in the middle of the green, and had a bit yeah. of spin on it. It didn't take any of the runoffs, and those runoffs are very savage and very close to the, you know, it's a small raised, you know, two elephants, Absolutely. two elephants buried under that green. Um, mm. So back to the mental game, I, I actually executed a very good shot there with my little 56-degree uh, wedge. Nice. But it, it's a, I believe amongst the cohort it's a, a controversial green because it's small, raised and punitive if you don't uh, if you don't get the uh, ball on a dime. Yeah, very similar to that one at, um, uh, at Woodlands. Woodlands, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, and there's one at Bandon Trails that's, uh, that's very similar as well. So um, I love those little challenges, mate. Well, great protection for a short, otherwise a you know short hole. Um, you know, what, yeah. what better way to make it uh, challenging to put a you know a funky uh, funky's not the right word. That's not that's that's not funky. It's a it's a beautiful little green. Um, mm. It's just a green that Tom Doak would put in there. You know, high yeah. high small green with a lot of runoffs. You know, it's, that's it's, that's one of his signatures. Um, but yeah, enjoyed Yarra Yarra. Um, very much so. Enjoyed the company of all the people I play with, Matthew Lim in, in particular. Um, been a great man over ten years to to me in the store, and uh, uh, but also to play with um, Frank Casey Jr., who you know from the Casey family, the family that owns Rosa Penner, St Patrick's Links, you know that's jumped straight into the world top one hundred. Um, you know to to have his ear for eighteen holes was um, you know pretty good as well. So uh, yeah, looking and definitely looking forward to getting across to St Patrick's Links uh, sometime, hopefully next year. So um, that's the, that's the limit of my my uh, golfing um, journeys. Uh, Scott did uh, have a day at PK last. Um, it would be remiss of me not to mention the day at PK with uh, the team from Callaway when they launched their new Odyssey AI One family of putters. Uh, yep. So just for anyone that is a bit of a golf um, club uh, junkie slash uh, nuffy, if you're wondering what is the signature technology in the Callaway AI One family of putters well firstly family there are two distinct models there is the ai1 ai1 is like the one that uh, john ram would use with the white face the white hot insert face so white hot is what they've been using for a number of years it's the urethane softer feeling face uh, 
in uh, a cast body. Um, it's got the weights in the in the um, in the bottom, so it's got some great MOI. But they've yep. put their AI technology, which I've been using in their golf clubs, um, behind the face to give the faces of the golf clubs and the Callaway golf clubs the most forgiveness on all of the various computations of how the AI makes the face of the golf club. If you have a look at the back of a Callaway driver face, it's like a a wave of it's like a Himalayas putting green. You know, it's the best way to describe mm. it. If you look at a Himalayas putting green, that's the reverse side of a Callaway um, driver face. Like put that type of technology into a putter face. And it's all about helping those misstruck putts, the ones off the toe and the heel, because it might surprise you, Scott, that we don't hit the putts out of the centre all the time either. But when you don't hit the putts out of the centre, you lose a lot of ball speed. The heel strikes and the toe strikes lose ball speed, especially those longer putts. They don't get as close to the hole as they possibly could. Well, with the power of AI technology and the way they've been able to build the face, the ball goes 21% closer to the hole off a misstruck putt. So that could save a couple of three putts around. So we had the launch of those and there's the AI milled. So you, you're familiar with some of the milled putters that are available. Um, yep. Safe to say that a lot of milled putters are devoid of a lot of technology. Yeah, you know, they're beautiful putting implements. They're milled. They're yeah. finely, finely manufactured and crafted. Have the finest stainless steel. A little bit of technology in the weighting. A little bit of technology in the faces. But they're all not got a lot of new modern technology into them. They've been doing that sort of stuff for a while. Well, the AI milled has a titanium face, a milled body, stainless steel, a titanium face with the AI technology behind it. So if you like that milled putter. $800 investment, 749 actually, um, you can get that. So we had the launch of that, was down there, had a bit of work, um, stuff with the Drummer Golf and Australian Golf Digest, so it was good to see all the people down there and good to have uh, be well looked after by a team at uh, Callaway and Odyssey. That was the only, the oh, only other, good. that's the only golf stuff that I've attended to uh, while you've been away, Scott. Hmm. Okay, there you go. Hey, man, I love that, uh, I love the pod with, uh, it was Imogen, right? Um Earlier, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, Imogen. Yeah, Imogen Jones, yeah. Uh, Royal Melbourne 2023 Women's Club Championship. Uh, Club champion. Very good. Club champion. Uh, yeah, great young lady. Uh, she was down there playing. I think, as I said in the podcast, she was playing um, when the No Laying Up guys were out there having their match. Uh, yep. I did see a little sneak peek trailer of some of the content that they're producing um, from their. Uh, uh, yep. Very very successful Melbourne visit, um, which. You should go and listen to that episode if you haven't listened, or you probably have. Um, but if you wanted to hear what happened while the Solly and Ben were down here, you know they do their recap of their. That's a great recap, yeah. yeah. And uh, go and listen to it. But yeah, you know, in summary, blown away by Melbourne, blown away by Royal Melbourne and Sandbelt Golf, and um, yeah, a huge ad for you know golf down this way. Yeah, uh, and I so I saw a little bit of a sneak peek of a, a trailer. Um, not for publication that uh, Ben sent because it's got some of my vision in it, and um, yeah, it's going it's to be great. Put it that way, it's going to be great. So, so did you you filmed the match that they had because I, I know they filmed their pod, they recorded their pod the morning before they were going out to play the composite course, and um, and they were, they were having a match. So uh, that, that, that's the content coming. That's going to be fun. Yeah, so, cool. so they'll do the stuff that they came down to do from. Um, Augusta National, so they'll do the the summary of. I'm not sure if it'll be a film room or, or whatever whatever guys that will come under, but yeah, yeah, you know, of the tournament and just highlighting, you know, the variety of nations, a variety of um, young men that come and play in the tournament, and and basically the ethos of you know that championship, 
and then they have the match which they uh, KVV challenged them to um, settle the score on who was the best golfer in the NLU team. Uh, so they had that was done over the composite course uh, on the day after the AAC. Yeah, I filmed. I, d- I didn't. I missed the first couple of holes because I was doing some stuff uh, here, and I, so I just couldn't get there, which, which was cool. But I filmed eighty percent of it um, up near the green and and in and around. It was a lot of fun watching them. They're all marked up, and there was two guys, uh, Jimmy Emmanuel from uh, Golf Australia and um, Josh Martin from Golf Australia were, were there as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was good fun. Good stuff. Um, yeah, so I flew I flew out to the US the Monday after the uh, amateur championship and um, I think I sent you a photo, but I was there checking in, like getting the bag tags or whatever. It's bloody Fred Ridley and um and all of the uh, all the green jackets there on, on the United Airlines flight I was on, sitting in a different compartment, mind you. Oh. But um uh but yeah, it was it was funny hanging in the line with all the green jackets. It was funny when they walked past you and uh at the golf, you know, like uh, fair to say that there was a fair bit of ceremony around the um, arrival of the green, of um, the members, the Augusta National yep. members, otherwise, you know, known as the Green Jackets, as you're referring to. Yeah, you have to be a member or a champion of Augusta to to get a Green Jacket. They all wore their Green Jackets absolutely as yeah. they as they want. It was there weren't any played, but if you could imagine, you know, heralding trumpets, it was, you know, it was yeah. an occasion such that maybe you would have otherwise had totally. heralding heralding trumpets. <laughs> you could tell that in in the line, mate. I was, I was standing in the line, like waiting to get on the plane, and um, and just kind of striking up a conversation with a couple of the old fellows there, and they were, they were pretty good vintage. Like they were, they were uh, obviously, um, yeah. They've been around, uh, been around the sun a few times, but Look, um, yeah, we all know Fred Ridley, but um, I don't know the names of, of the other chaps. So, uh, but there were you know, definitely faces that you'd seen on the coverage um, of Augusta uh, over yeah. the over the years. It was quite there was if you look at the photos that I took of Jasper um, getting the. Uh, Award. Oh, we haven't. I haven't spoken about this um, because we did. You weren't there. We yeah. you know, did Imogen, so we haven't really spoken about this. So I hope anyone uh, listening, you know, wants to keep listening, indulge me while I talk a little bit more about it. But uh, when Jasper was getting the trophy, uh, the photo, sorry, with the sponsors. So Augusta National have a dozen sponsors, and basically what I've learned is if you are a sponsor of Augusta National or the Masters, you know, basically that means that you have to. You are part. You know, you are sponsoring the other events that they put on, so the AAC and the um, right. Augusta National Women's um, Amateur Championship. So you are Mercedes-Benz, you know, you're a master sponsor and you're the sponsor of that. Uh, in Australia, when they called Mercedes-Benz forward for getting any photos, there wasn't anyone there. I felt like jumping in. Yeah. There was no one from Mercedes-Benz. Mercedes, it was like Mercedes-Benz, Mercedes-Benz, Mercedes-Benz. I thought, oh, come on, guys, there's got to be one of my old colleagues here that's, um, you know, here and yeah. can get a photo. I thought I could uh, put the hat back on and jump back in, but no. But the, I guess what the reason why I'm talking about this is if you look at the RNA photo, there's there's a half, there's a dozen RNA people and they're, you know, all got different uniforms on. They're all, you know, dressed as RNA people, but they've got different uniforms on and they're sort of all over the place a little bit. Yeah. And then you look at the Augusta photo and there are, five men at the back and four at the front. And the fifth yeah. one is Jasper in the middle 
and it was like yeah. it was absolutely planned. Okay, guys, when we go out, there's only nine of us going out there because that means there's five at the front and four at the four and the plus the winner. So we have to have five and five, and it all has to be even. Fred, you're there. Barry, you're there. Um, yeah. The two tall ones are at the middle and short. You know, it, it absolutely felt like it was all planned to exactly who stood what and yeah. where. And uh, yeah. yeah, it just struck me when I looked at the photo, going, "Have a look at the RNA guys. They're all over the place. And look at the Augusta guys. They're, it's like military." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so that was... Uh, oh, that would have been a fun a fun week for you, mate. It was, uh, I'm looking forward to that content coming out, but um, I know we've, we've chatted a little bit about it off air but uh, and how good, a, how good a time you had and the experience you got. But, um, yeah, that no, was great. It was great to see you get involved there and get, get, get the opportunity. It was nerve-wracking, carrying all this gear around, you know, all the gear, no idea. <laughs> um, you don't no, want, a bit you, of an idea, mate, come yeah. on. Uh, anyway, it's nerve wracking, but anyway, you've nothing like positive pressure to um, build uh, performance levels. Yeah. Um, a little bit like our golf. What is happening in the world of golf, uh, well, Scott? We should, you know, we, we've gone forty minutes and talked about yeah. our own, own world. <laughs> there's a whole, the there's, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. It's a, it's an interesting time. You know, we've got the close out of this fall season. You know, the 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 jury's still out as if if this fall season is actually successful or not. The overarching thing for me is how many people have, I guess, don't want to talk about it in, not that, not that they don't want to talk about it in a positive light, but, you know, they're sort of talking about it because they have to. Like, oh, I'm not really that interested. It's lost It's lost a bit of interest, lost a bit of attention and uh, yep. can't wait for, you know, 2024 and, and whatever that looks like and there's still all of the stuff around what 2024 looks like. Um but yeah, yeah, a lot of people going, oh, the fourth season, I've sort of lost interest. It's not really doing it for me. Uh, is, is that sort of how you feel? Yeah, uh, yes and no. Like I think at the start of it, I was I was excited to see how it would play out, right, and follow on um, the standings and see where, where, where um, who, who can rise up and really, you know, improve their position in some of these um, elevated events. Um, to be honest, that kind of has waned a little bit. Um, to be fair, mate, I haven't watched a lot of golf for the last two or three weeks. Um, um, being on the road, so there's probably that as well. But but you know, through all of that, it's it's pretty cool to see Camillo um, win on the weekend. He was T two last time. He, he's been he was a, he was a great figure in the game. Um, what 10, 10, 15 years ago, or however long he came onto the scene, he was he was great to watch and. Um, so it's great to see him get back to form. I think I I heard uh, that he he was he was kind of getting ready for second stage Q school or something. Um, you know, next week or whatever. So, but but this week has locked him locked him up on the PGA Tour until the end of twenty five. So it just a great comeback. And obviously he's had some personal troubles that everyone's mentioned, which is incredibly you know sad. But great to see him um, bounce back. And, uh, and and get his career back on track and, and in the winner's circle again. So, you know, that's a great story that's come out of this fall season. And and I guess, like, without all of the noise around, uh, it, it, people say, oh, it's not really worth talking. Well, if there's not much talking about it, not much worth talking about, well, it gives gives space for something like this to, mm-hmm. um, to you know, come to the fore. So um, that that's a positive thing, um, I think. Um, you see Max Homer playing around around the globe and winning, um, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, other people playing in, in different, on different tours the, the last week or so. So that's, um, I think it's been pretty positive, mate, from a few different angles. Yeah, good. No, I definitely agree. The Camilo uh, Villegas, Villegas, is it? Villegas. Is it Villegas or Villegas? Is it Villegas? 
I, I can't get my head in it. You know, like I, I, I want to, I know it's Spanish. I would have said the double Mate, L. You, 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 I was kind of hoping you would sort this out for us because you are the pronunciation master do, of this I, particular podcast. I do uh, pride myself on having some uh, cunning linguistics. Um, I, I'm pretty sure Camillo. Camillo. Camillo, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Viegas. Yeah, I'd go with Viegas, but uh, I yeah. still hear it. I still hear it with the Vijagas. Vijagas. Yeah. Anyway, um, if anyone does, uh, can tell us uh, if it's v- <laughs> Viegas, Villegas, or Vijagas. Um, Any Colombian listeners out there? Uh, all out Buenos Dias. Um, yeah, that no, was it. Was good. Uh, you know, wow, what a figure he was when he burst onto the scene with the crouching spider. You know, crouching yeah. lizard um, putting lineup. Uh, you know, he. If we thought that um, uh, aim point was funky, well, the Camilo Vijagas yeah. was the funkiest thing we've ever seen him on a putting green. Um, yep. That bloke was um, fit as a fiddle and could move his hips and legs into positions yeah. that uh, we could only ever dream of. Um, but he's like a little bit like uh, you know, you know, he's going to bounce back next based on you know this current sort of lineage of. You know, players of the past, sort of on the way oh. up. Rio, Ishi- Rio Ishikawa. Oh, look out! Rio, Rio, and, and Camillo were around the same sort of vintage and you know similar sorts of figures. You know, a little bit sort of Rory, and yep. uh, not Rory, um, uh, Ricky Ricardo, Ricky, Rick, Ricky Ricardo Tyler, Flower. Yep. Um, yeah, sort of that idea. So maybe we just need uh, just need uh, Rio Ishikawa to um, you know bounce back a bit now. Um, but yeah, no, it was good to see. Um, and he looked good in his Jordans too. He's like full white outfit, and then he's red and white um, Jordans. Well, they look very sick. Well, he hasn't let himself go. Put it that way. In in the ten or fifteen no, years, that, he, uh, he hasn't. certainly hasn't let himself go. The young man. Uh, Not an ounce of body fat on him, I don't think. Uh, good to read, and I didn't read it in detail, but good to read that Gary Woodland is back hitting golf balls after. Oh yeah, his, I saw I saw some uh, footage of that. Yeah. Yeah, after his brain surgery, and uh, wish Gary all the best. Uh, won't be listening, but um, it's just good to read that. Uh, you know, he's back out there making positive steps on his road to recovery and uh, we wish him awesome. all the best, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, and, uh, well, you already mentioned it, but uh, the the pro, uh, Big Max, uh, the Ned Bank, yeah. um, that was a great win, great win for uh, Max, very popular win amongst uh, yep. the cohort. Um, didn't catch too much other of the Ned Bank. I'm sorry to report to everyone if... Uh, if I'm let, if we're letting you down with uh, coverage of the net yeah. bank, um, did you did you get any other notes or any takeouts? I, 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 I did it, mate. I mean, I, I just saw it's obviously his first international win, so um, uh, I think it's been referred to on socials as uh, the African major, Africa's major, or something. So yeah. there was a bit of banter about him finally winning a major, and um, this could really open up the floodgates for him. But no, it, yeah, I mean, it looked like he obviously had a great time. Um, over in South Africa along with JT and doing the safari and whatnot. So, um, but, yeah, that's a funky little, a fun little tournament, isn't it, that Ned, Ned Bank it always has been. Um, Gary Player at the uh, at the centre of it being a funny, funny character. But, um, uh, but I, yeah, no, good to see Maxi win. I did uh, like Iona Stevens' um, social posts. Uh, she was in the gym at the same time as uh, Gary Player and she was videoing uh, oh, really? snippets of Gary's workout and uh you know the old the old boy can still go like he's 80 what odds uh, is he 88 or something like that you know he's where is he really he's he can still go and uh he's running on the running on the treadmill backwards 
She was videoing him as he's on the treadmill backwards, you know, doing backwards running. Amazing. Classic stuff. Um, uh, very good. Uh, we had an event in uh, Warrigal, of all places. Yeah. Gippsland Super 6. Gippsland Super 6s. Uh, which was the uh, winner last year was our very own Tom Power Horan. Tommy Power Horan, yeah. Uh, but it was a shootout at the end with uh, New Zealander uh, Kerry Mountcastle who won uh, 36,000, picked up 190 PGA Tour Order of Merit points. I think that puts him in the top of the Order of Merit uh, in this um, earlier part of the season. Uh, he yep. picked that up over Jake McLeod. Now, Jake McLeod, fine young golfer from uh, Queensland, former uh, European Tour player for a number of years. Um, and Jack Carter from South Australia. Now, Jack's a fine young man. I, I have met Jack. I've met Jake. I had dinner at the same table as Jake McLeod at the uh, New South Wales Open last year. Of all those names there that I do know, the one name that is not very familiar to me and I can't tell you anything about him is the winner, Kerry Mountcastle from mm. uh, New Zealand. I, I'm led to believe he is uh, the boyfriend of um, Momoka Kabori. Um, or the partner of Momoka Kabori, and that's right. about as much as I know. I don't know anything. I've not seen him at uh, any of the events in the previous years. I probably have, but I couldn't recognise him. But, uh, Kerry, uh, good luck to you on the rest of your season in uh, Australia, and um, I'm sure that it's not the last uh, um, time we'll see you. I do want to point out a couple of notable uh, finishes, um, one to a young man who I do know quite well, uh, Cameron John, who is on his way back after um, some injury uh challenges last year that kept him out of uh, the big part of last year's season. It was good to see uh, Cameron back up there, positive headspace and just looking fit. You know, he's always been a fit-looking young man. It's been one of his strengths, but playing good golf. Um, picked up at some money, always helps. So it's good to see young uh, Cameron John from Melbourne uh, up there doing well. So that was the uh, the Gippsland Super Sixes. Um, and then this weekend they've got the uh, Vic PGA. Yeah, um, Vic PGA down at Moona. Hmm. So I'm, I might have to uh, go down there and have a look over there. You can there. Go check it out, Russell. Yeah, I do, I've got a full swing kit to deliver to one of the uh, players, so uh, that's my my task uh, for full swing kit uh, this week. That's the launch model that we that we do. Um, yep. I've got to uh, drop one down to uh, one of the chaps, so I might be making my way down there tomorrow. I'm not sure if it's solely at the open course or is it spread across the open and the no, it's open and legends and the legends yeah uh do you know if it's the legends course the first two days and then the open course the last two days um, uh, i don't know uh i don't know roscoe but uh we can quickly have a look while i'm bringing this up though do you know much about why there's so many amateurs in the field roscoe and so many um shall we say celebrities that uh, that have an invite into this Vic PGA, I think they do a, a prime type. Um, oh, they do. Yeah, they do a, a prime thing. Um, where is that uh, entry list uh, that you're looking at, Scott? Um, it is on the website here somewhere. Um, but I was just having a look at the type of people that were on the list. So Sir Ian Botham is playing. <laughs> uh, Ian Botham, Sir Ian Botham, uh, likes this part of the world at this time of the year. Uh, as the weather starts to get a little bit inclement in uh, the UK, where he uh, obviously lives and spends a bit of time, good. I think he's still on the board of Scunthorpe United. Um, so, big football fan. 
Uh, yeah. he's, he and a big wine person, and I think that's what brings him out here. He has a manager uh, who's based in Melbourne. Um, he comes out here to do some talks. Um, I think he's on the the UK Trade Commission board or something like that. You know, the Trade Council. So he does a bit of. But he's a trade ambassador. And he's a wine specialist. He has his own wine brand and I think there's quite a bit of um, interest in his wine here and uh, and there and thereabouts and he might use some Australian wine under his brand. I do not know. Uh, what I do know is I did have a night with Ian Botham. You mentioned I wasn't I – didn't, I didn't know you were going to mention Ian Botham. I did have, right. a, I did have a night out with Ian Botham uh, a couple of years ago at the Vic Open. We actually stayed in the same house. And uh, Right. And Sir Ian Botham did like to um, – he was he was a very good representative for both and wines. Put it that way, he was uh, very very giving in his uh, generosity with the both and wines amongst the group that were also staying in the house. And you know who was first up the next morning to go to go and be in both them. He was like six a.m. Let's go and take this pro am on. And uh, he was out there. We had nine holes of bow and heads. I was on. It was Ian, Sir Ian Botham, and myself versus uh, Paul and uh, his manager. Yeah, and we lost our little nine-hole match. I played terribly, and I could just tell, you know, like you don't want to be on the losing team with Sir Ian Botham. I just yeah. had that, I just had that feeling. I'm like, I'm so sorry, yeah. I'm so sorry. I played like a bag of shit. <laughs> and uh, anyway, that was good. Um, so who else I, is in who else is in the field? I uh, so you've played golf with Ian Botham. I yes. played cricket against his son Liam. Oh, right. Um, back in the day. There you go. 15, 15, 16 years old, I think. I did a little three-week tour to um, to uh, the UK and, and Ireland, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, played against Liam Botham. Who, who, um, were you, who were you playing for? Oh, mate, it was just a – it was called the Antipodeans um, tour. It was, uh, um, yeah, just a group of group of kind of kids around that – around. What we were in year eleven, I think year eleven, um, up in Sydney. Um, it wasn't a rep team or anything. It wasn't like a selection process. It was, um, it was more like, um, hey, if you're in some of these kind of rep teams and um, and want to go and got the money to go, well then, um, then you could probably get a spot. So yeah, uh, we played against a bunch of good schools um, over there, and it was good fun. I think he has a son that's quite a good rugby union Same player. guy. So, yeah, Liam was very good um, rugby, but I don't know where he got to with it. But, um, but yeah, he was he was pretty bloody good cricketer as well, um, but uh, went down the rugby track. Uh, you know, I pride myself on my ability to turn up for a pro-am, as you know. Uh, I've never, ever had an opportunity to play in this pro-am Um which uh, I take as that's a, outrageous. I take Ross. As, I take as a blight on my whole yeah. career. Um, <laughs> Clearly, you know, the organisers just, don't know who you are. No, or no, your, it's or just, your record. It's just a poor. It's a blight against. Uh, it's a black mark against my um, pro am career that I've never had the opportunity to flex the uh, long drive muscles at this one. Maybe they, they maybe they they're aware. Uh, but um, Oscar Baker, a uh, good uh, footballer from um, uh, Footscray, good young fella, good young ginger ninja, is Oscar Baker, great young man. Uh, who looks like in both of them? Uh, Jack Butland, um, Ben Clark. Fev, big Fev's in there. Big Fev, Alenko. I think I saw Big Fev getting getting fitted for one of the Odyssey putters. Yeah, is that right? Was he caught there? Naturally, yeah. he was there. Um, one of my old work colleagues is there, Craig Cubitt. Uh, he works for Mercedes Benz Trucks. Um, there we go. This is probably boring everyone. Um, 
Jess Hosking was also <laughs> getting fitted for a Callaway Odyssey AO1 putter, um, just bouncing straight back out of the moon boot after surgery and turning up for the putter, fitting it uh, the, for, for the free putter at uh, Odyssey's of old Jess. Jess, um, uh, Brennan Jordan, I think. I did see another name, Steve. Uh, Al Thomas is on there. Stephen May is also Stephen May. Stephen May Maisie. plays so much golf, does Maisie. He's fitted right into uh, PK with the members there, playing with the young fellas there and playing, uh, lo- winning and losing cash on a weekly basis, um, having some fun by the looks of things. Uh, anyway, um, if you're around, get down to the Vic Open and uh, Vic PGA, sorry, and see uh, all of these young uh, players that we have uh, play. It's going to be a good field. Um, you, you got a tip? You got a tip? Oh, oh, Mika. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty hard <laughs> yeah. not to tip Dave Mick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave Mick will lose his, um, you know, before he heads off to um, uh, DP World Tour. Uh, well done to Lawrence Curtis for qualifying. You know, Lawrence missed his tour card last year. I've known Lawrence since he had long hair and rode skateboards um, down the Kanyang Road Hill down here and I shoot him out of the way. Get out of the way, young Curtis. You should be playing. Stick to playing golf, not this skateboard stuff, Curtis. Well, he took my advice and he stuck to playing golf, but he missed his tour card last year. He he, um, was injured. It's good to see him qualifying. He's a good young man. I'm going to pick Brett Coletta. Brett Coletta, I know he's been doing a whole host of work um, with his coach, who's also Mark Leesman's coach. I see him down there getting coached a lot and hitting a lot of balls. Um, So I'm going to pick Brett Coletta. There you go. But good luck good to Benny. Stuff. Good luck to Benny Eccles too. Very good. Uh, what else? Uh, what else? We've got uh, another PGA Tour event this week. The last, the last PGA Tour event of the year. Is that correct? The RSM Classic. Yes, C- I think that's right, mate. Yep. Sea World. Where is it? Sea World. Sea Island. Uh, the, uh, sea Island. That's right. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Down at Sea Island. Um, Brian Harmon is kind of the, I guess, the biggest name that's in the field. No, um, no, Ludwig. That, Ludwig is the biggest. He's the poster oh, boy. Sorry, Ludwig Eiber yep. <laughs> Ludwig Eberg. Just don't Ludwig Eberg. Yeah, Eberg. He's in. He's, he's in there too. Uh, don't know anything about um, Sea Island uh, Golf Course. I think it's a Fazio course. Anything else of, of note uh, that you want to point out? Sea Island. You've done the either of us have done the stats. We've not done the computations of the um, you know shots gained um, data and no. who, who performs well here. I, I think it's uh, out of uh, Harmon or, or Heyberg. Anyone else? I believe uh, Smotherman's in. You know I love Smotherman. Oh, Smotherman. Yeah, Smotherman. <laughs> he, co- he, he, nah. cost, he cost me a teepster. He cost me a teepster win last year. Smotherman did. Um, anyway, Smotherman's in. I think there's a bit of a Sea Island like community down there, right? Like I think Harris English is uh, is part of that um, that Sea Island crew. So uh, hey, maybe he's maybe he's going to take it home. Uh, where is it? Uh, no, it's in Florida. Florida. No. Is, is it a, is it an actual <laughs> island? Is it an island that's off the coast? I have no idea, Roscoe. Yeah, okay. No idea. <laughs> yeah, good, re- good research from us. Not really. Yeah. Uh, we've, been, we've been busy. We've been busy painting yeah. and busy traveling overseas. Um, okay. So you're going with uh, who? Are you going with? I'm going with Harris English. Um, Nikolai Hoygaard's out. Ricky Barnes is in. That's not a, that's not like for like, is it? Hoygaard out. Barnes in. You know who else it says is in? Ben Crane. Ben Crane. Oh, oh mate, we're going deep. <laughs> ben, <laughs> ben Crane is in. Bloody hell! What's Ben Crane famous for? Oh, wasn't he part of the uh, Bubba Bubba Watson rap group? He was uh, part of the Golf Boys. Golf Boys. Who was the Golf Boy? That's why I brought it up because Bubba Watson was the number one rapper in uh, the Golf Boys, and you've used his, probably still is. You've, you've used his uh, locker. I used his locker. Who was it? Ricky Ben Crane, Bubba, and was it, it was Ricky Fowler? 
Yeah, Ricky Fowler. Yeah, definitely Ricky Fowler. Yeah. yeah. Who was the fourth member? You know, it's, it's like every boy band. You can never remember the fourth member. <laughs> Who was the fourth? Was it Hunter Mayhem? It was obviously very – oh, it could have been Hunter. No. It was that, that era, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and the other out and in, because um, he's just over there playing a bit of golf before the Sandbelt Classic, um, Aaron Rye is out. Jeff Ogilvie. Oh, Ogilvy. Well, his missus is playing in the uh, in the Vic PGA. Bree is Bree Bree Laughlin, right? Bree is playing in the uh, Vic PGA Prime. Um, yes. Yep. So yeah, Jeff uh, just playing in an eight million dollar uh, tournament, and then will come back and um, host his own tournament, which is shaping up to be another um, great event as well. Yeah, I'm going to have to get down to that this year. Yeah. Any any interest in doing a couple? You just, a couple you, of days. Yeah. Well, there's, there's four. There's four different events. We might have to get a job or something down there. Yeah, they're looking for volunteers around. Yeah, we might need some roving reporters. I don't know how much spare spare uh, credits. How many spare credits I've got here at home? We'll work. We'll, we'll, see. we'll work on that plan. Okay. Any other golf? Um, of course, if there's a the number one tournament, the Premier Tournament uh, this weekend, is the finale of the DP World Tour final. That's what the finale really means. Uh, it's the DP World Tour final at the Jumeirah Estates right. uh, Earth Course. You know the Earth Course. It's the course where they always have the final and the yep. most significant. No, it's not the most significant, but you know everyone remembers the last hole, the par five with the um, the burn running up the middle, very strategic hole. You either hit it left short of the burn, played as a three shotter, or you, know, you can go to the right side and then do still one of the greatest golf shots uh, I've ever seen played in a golf tournament. Uh, to win it and to win the whole shebang. Do you remember what that got, that shot might have been? Is that Rory's shot? No, not Rory's shot. It's from a live a live player. It was a live, I'll give you a hint. It was a live player. Well, mate, all the footage has been erased from <laughs> social media, so Henrik, <laughs> I, I, was, I can't find it. Henrik, Henrik Stenson's five-wood in that just oh, yeah, drilled into the upslope of that little hump that's left of the uh, on the left side of the green, just trickled and just tapped in for an eagle and uh, won the whole shebang. Still one of the greatest uh, golf shots I've ever seen. Okay. What are we thinking of uh, race to Dubai? Rory's, um, Rory's already won the thing. Yeah, yeah, he's already won it. So, kind of just a ceremonial, isn't it? I'm going to tip Rory's going to come out and win it, and um, at the same time testing that new that new tailor made driver. So he's going to put a new tailor made driver in there and win it. I missed just ram uh, it home. I missed seeing the new tailor made driver this week because I was playing golf in the charity day. I didn't get to see it, but um, yes, I know I know the people that did. Uh, What's it called, Roscoe? The QI QI ten is that how we're pronouncing it? Well, I can only or talk about key, key ten. I, yeah, I, I, I missed the I missed the training, but um, I saw it on Instagram today. One of the uh, you know variety of people have already put the um, the pictures out there. Um, Q ten or QI ten? Um, mm. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick. Um, I'm gonna pick Foxy. I'm gonna pick Fox. Foxy. Yeah. Yep. Where the fox at? Finish off a good year. It'll be. I reckon it's going to be out of Fox and Moronk, um, before before Moronk heads down under uh, again. Min Woo Lee played the fox at course at um, at Dubai uh, there, Roscoe. Say that again. A little while ago, I played the uh, the other course there at this um, at this uh, location. Is that the? They've got two courses there: the Earth Course and the Fire Course. Fire course both yeah. designed by Norman. Do they have a wind course? No. Don't make it having the earth, wind, and fire courses. No. no. Do you I know? So. Do you remember earth, wind, and fire? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's a 1980s joke. That's how old. Um, Min Woo's playing. Yep. Question. Um, obviously, in 
the significance of this event here is for me is the top 10 finishes on the DP World Tour Order of Merit gain a PGA Tour card for next year. Mm-hmm. Now, being that Rory and Ram already have their PGA Tour card, does that mean that it, the 10 spots get shuffled down or it's top 10 and if you've already got one, well, there's only eight issued? Or do they issue 10 and it filters no, down? No, I think they issue 10, don't they? They issue 10, yeah. right, okay. So does that mean that, uh, yeah, so Ram, so it's really out of from three, four, five, it's really from three to 12. So we've got Bobby, you know, the, the, the last spots, Nikolai Hoygaard, Bobby Mack, and George Campillo. George, um, oh, I, hey. I am all for George to the PGA Tour. We've, we've <laughs> ta- we can take him there. We can take him there. Yeah, so Bobby Mack, Nikolai Hoygaard, all sort of vying for that. And George Campillo and Vincent Norman vying for, you know, these final DP, uh, final PGA Tour cards. But it is it is quite close. So it says it here on the, on the thing. It says top 10 members currently not otherwise exempt on the PGA Tour who, if they remain in one of these top 10 positions at the conclusion of the current DP World Tour, will qualify for PGA Tour membership in the following season. So the ones that are have that on the line are Moronk, Fox, Perez, Olison, Bjork, Volomaki, Bobby Mack, uh, Jorge Campillo, Hisatsuni, Rasmus Hoygaard. So they're basically the ones that are in that con- contention. It, I should have read it better. But so, yeah, so there's... They're the ones that are who are fighting it out. So, George Campillo, let's get George onto the PGA Tour. I love it. That'd be great to see Bobby McIntyre and Jorge Campillo on the PGA Tour. Very good. I think we might. Uh, well, we've we've only got there's one only one other thing that we need to talk about, and we can save it for next week. But it's topical at the moment, and that's the uh, the TGL. Are you a fan? Yeah. Um, I've always been a fan, mate. Yeah, I I am, and I think it's uh, I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be good. I think they're going to have it figured out. Um, uh, there's there's too much at stake for them to to not have figured out all of the you know the the right details. Um, I think it's going to be entertaining um, for a different crowd. You know, like I don't think it's for the hardcore golfers. Um, I think they're taking in a really interesting tact in trying to attract new people to watch golf, not to play it. Um, maybe they'll play it one day. But um, but to get people kind of yeah get eyeballs you know onto the game of golf um, using technology, um, uh, I think it's a I, I think it's going to be good like the popularity of um, things like Top Golf in the US and um, Screen Golf is growing dramatically everywhere here there everywhere so um, here here in the US is is what I mean so yeah I think it's I think it's going to be successful. Um, you know, does it? Yeah, how long it lasts? I don't know. Maybe it only needs to last for two or three years um, to to kind of do its job. But um, yeah, I think it's it's been referred to as you know maybe golf's version of T Twenty cricket um, in kind of reinvigorating the game. Um, I don't fully agree with that. Like no. I think that there's uh, the, 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 I haven't gone to watch any of Blitz. I don't know if you're familiar with the blitz events that happen um, around the country, which is like a shorter format, like one day golf event, um, which is like really interesting format. Maybe we can dive into that maybe next week and, um, and have a closer look at it, but it's, um, but I think that's probably a better comp. Um, And, and, uh, but at the same time, like I think that this is uh, the the TGL's going to be good fun if they don't take it too serious. 
Yeah. I think the appetite for golf in a different format is definitely clearly there. Uh, it would be very interesting to see it presented as a large format TV production um, in a, you know, I don't know how long, you know, these events, you know, it'll be like a two or three hour sort of, two hour sort of show type thing. Um, mm. Is it 15 holes that they're playing or, you know, it's not 18 holes, yeah. it's not nine holes, so I think it's like 15 holes. Yep. And uh, if they have the entertainment factor right and it's not too contrived, um, you know, it'll be, and, and the stars of the show, the talent, um, allow themselves to be themselves and, you know, take it for what, play it for what it is and that it's entertainment, um, mm. you know, albeit that I think there's some serious cash on the line for them, um, it, it will be, as golf fans, it'll be interesting to, fun to watch. Exactly how that translates to, you know, the cohort that you're talking about, this, you know, new and new golfer and, you know, the, the people that have come to golf in alternate ways, definitely it, that is a strong and growing group. Now you mentioned screen golf um, and the growing popularity of that, you know, I can hand on heart vouch for that in an Australian sense because, you know, as three years running franchisee of a year of, you know, Australia's biggest, well, one of the biggest screen golf centres in Australia, um, mm. I've, it's been very strong part of, you know, making our store as successful as it is just based on the indoor golf component. I've seen the types of people that come and play and, and they're not, there's plenty of, you know, normal golfers, but, you know, what's a normal golfer? Um, you know, there's not a heap of golfers like you and I that are members of clubs, private, semi-private golf clubs coming in for, you know, nine holes, but there are plenty of people that yep. aren't members of golf clubs coming in for nine holes with their friends playing as if they're playing at a club. You know, they're playing competitively. Yep. They do it regularly and, and they have some fun. There are plenty of people that are coming in to just to do golf socially and have a hit and explore what golf may or may not look like because, you know, if you get a group of eight people, there's always two to three people in every group that have never played golf or have played golf right. very rarely and they're in there and they're having fun and mm. I, I watch their behaviour. Like I just stand back and sort of observe from the corner and I watch sort of how they start and then how they finish and, you know, they're nervous and shy and not mm. sure at the start and then, you know, I usually come along and sort of push my way in and go, right, who's the new golfers here? Right, let's have a look at what you're doing here and, and try and give some fun helping hand and some encouragement yep. and say, look, you know, this is not as hard, this is not as hard as, as what it is in your mind um, and it's all just about f having some fun. And if there's a mm. spare sim, I'll pull them aside and give them a few, you know, free hits and a few tips and they do yep. that and, and while no one's watching, they go, oh, this is not too bad and then they go back out and start playing really well and, and all of a sudden you know we've created another golfer yeah and if that type of person is watching this and 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 it's saying to them it's okay to be a golfer in that environment i know that that will lead to them getting onto a public golf course and playing socially with their friends on a friday yep. afternoon in you know runners with no socks on and board shorts and a t-shirt and maybe a drink yep. maybe not a drink and having some fun um so it should be good my you know as a golfer i put my real golfer hat on you know is it appealing to me you know, I'll, I'll watch it for the entertainment value if I, if we get access to seeing any of it. Um, I'll watch it for the entertainment value. It's not the way that I want to watch golf, but you know, it'd be interesting to see the production and the and the and the entertainment value. But um, yep. it's just interesting to see them going with the teams and and all of that funny stuff. Which in some camps, yeah, they were bagging team golf a while ago. I.e., yeah. live golf. You know, a lot of a lot of the corners were saying team golf doesn't work. I'm not making a comparison to to live, but it's just interesting to yeah. see how it's sort of all just panning out this whole weird time, you know, include, including the framework agreement and what that looks like. You know, is the PIF 
you know, is this deadline actually going to be met? Well, it's probably gone past the deadline for the PIF to be involved in mm. owning some of the PGA Tour. Are all these other private equity firms that are swarming around doing a dance with uh, the PGA Tour, is that going to happen? What What is going to happen? Did you did you pick up any of that in the States when you were sort of eavesdropping up in the uh, pointy end of the aircrafts? I should have asked a more pointed <laughs> question, shouldn't I? Fred, um, to the... Fred. <laughs> yeah, Fred. What's what happening? Reckon, Fred? What's happening? What do you going to happen, Fred? <laughs> What's your opinion? No, I didn't didn't pick up on any news, mate, and um, it's it's been uh, pretty exhausting trying to trying to follow it and keep up with it and you know what's what's accurate what's happening what's not happening i'm just going to let it play out and and kind of let it all happen and uh, when they figure it out I'll, I'll pay attention um and see what happens but i think what's good is that uh golf is obviously in you know having a moment and there's uh, a lot of good things that are coming out of it and you know, with team golf whether it's um you know more uh like this tgl i don't like i don't i don't buy that the tgl is a complete reaction to live i think it was you know being thought of before live but um i could also be wrong on that but i just i just don't buy that that's a that's a kind of knee-jerk reaction but uh way too much planning it would have had to have gone into to this to be that but uh yeah so you know, a lot of these really good things are coming out of what's happening with golf at the moment, and I think it's just creating more chances for people to be exposed to the game and, and pick up the game and try it in a different format or, or view it in a different format. And I think that that's that's only good. It's only good. So um, it's just about how I think the uh, the people in control, you know, guide all of that interest and and funnel it into um, into more participation. Um, is kind of the opportunity. So, so yeah, I think it's all it's all good. There'll be some bad stuff along the way for sure, and some of it won't work. And there's some really good things about Live. There's some really crappy things about Live. There'll be some really good things about TGL. There'll probably be some pretty shit things about TGL as well. But Look, um, what but, what I yeah. what I hope is the technology works. Um, so the technology is provided by the majority of the technology is provided by Full Swing Golf. Mm which Tiger Woods is an investor in. Um, I've just been making a full swing golf video all day today and cutting up some video with Tiger in it and Patrick Mahomes. And, uh, you know, they're, Patrick Mahomes is an example of, you know, these new golfers and and elite sports people in other sports but now have come to golf, you know, clearly have yep. only come to golf in the last few years but now everyone's throwing themselves at them. The first, I want, really want to, hope that the technology does, you know, highlight the ability of the technology because, you know, I've got a lot of full swing golf tech in in the store. Now, the tech that they're using is 10x times what we use in the golf simulator you know, environment, but I believe that there will be um, like a warm-up bay, you know, like the, the, the practice range, and they'll be using like the full swing kit, um, you know, projected onto a, a simulator screen to warm up, and so they'll be using the full swing kits. And then when, you, when they go into the arena, um, it's like top tracer type technology. Um, they'll hit a shot, it'll go into a big screen, you know, if they hit a driver, then obviously, you know, it's projected onto the big screen, but you'll get all the impact of the, you know, the atmosphere of the driver. And then they move onto this putting green, which has got like 190 points of movement. So basically mm. you can replicate the actual rise, fall, break undulations of the green on the simulated yeah. golf course that they're playing on. So then once they hit their wedge onto the green using the tracking technology, they'll then move to the green and, and putt. Yeah. So... I just hopefully that all the technology, what I do know is 
all of the tech people that are at Full Swing Golf are just every effort is going into this and 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 from what I understand, it's not um, it's not like normal. Like the screen's actually not that close. Like there's a fair distance Correct. between where they're hitting and the actual screen, so you get to see the trajectory of the ball, and and um, it's yeah. it's not going to be it's not going to be very much like the screen golf that we play. No, um, and, that, at and all. that's it's going to be quite different. That's the top tracer type technology. I hope they are mm. using top tracer. Um, so have you been to a driving range with? You've been to a yeah. Like, oh, go to Sandy every week. San, yeah. yeah. So, San, the Sandy have the the boxes. Yeah, got top tracer there. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got the um, at uh, Albert Park they've got uh, TrackMan. TrackMan. Yeah. So they've got the big boxes downrange, and it basically just picks up every bay and and gives you mm. all of the distances. So you know, I'm pretty sure it'll be a combination of like the technology that you see when they have the uh, PJ Tour, you know, they've got the cameras behind mm. with the, the radars and, you know, the projections yep. and, and, you know, a combination of that downfield radars pointing back at the hitting area that's just able to pick up any projectile. You know, this type of technology um, is the same level of tech that, you know, you would see on the side of a, I don't want to underquote or overquote this, but, you know, not mm. to exaggerate it, the, the foundation of this type of technology is what you would see on a military warship you know, scanning for missiles coming towards towards you. You know, they, they, it's ballistic missile type of tracking right. level ability, Doppler radar and all that sort of stuff, you know. So it's yeah. high, highly sophisticated technology that's able to pick up moving projectiles at speed mm. and hence it's sort of military military origins. So I just hope that it really does work um, very well yeah. and I'm sure that uh, as we like to say when Tiger's involved in something, you know, if it doesn't work, you know, Tiger doesn't put his name to it. So... Yeah, I'm pretty sure that um, you know he's got his name on pretty it. Pretty confident and, uh, in it, and he's he's going to have to be pretty confident. He'll, he'll, and he'll apparently, be they're they're, they're, uh, they're hitting off real grass, Roscoe. They'll so, they'll, they'll ship yeah. in ship in slabs of grass and out, out of re- out of real sand, and um, yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. I, it's those kind of details that that make me think that yeah, they, they've they've figured it out. Like it's going to be it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. Oh well, what do you think about the team names and you know Boston Common? Uh, Doesn't bother you? The, the, the team, team golfers not um, they haven't figured out good team names, have they? They're, they're, they're pretty average. Yeah, yeah the, Boston Common, Boston Common with the frog, the frog logo. Um, yeah, Los Angeles Golf Club. What's Tigers? Jupiter, Jupiter Golf Club. Jupiter. Yeah. Again, there's some serious people involved in in these teams or franchises that oh, uh, big names, know, big names, big money investors. You know, mm. celebrity names and you know money names that you've never heard of but just throwing a lot of money at it so it's crazy it's mm. it's, it's it's just crazy to think that there's so much affluence in certain parts of golf and then you yeah. know here we here we are celebrating i don't want this to come across negatively but we're celebrating michael block coming down to the play in the oz open um I, that's ridiculous mate like i had that on my list here like i i know you don't want to come across negative about it like i, I think it's i think it's uh it's it's a terrible waste of a spot um and waste of money yeah i don't, I don't know why they're doing it mate I, I know why they're doing it and there's clearly been some people excited about it but um but i i, I, I wouldn't turn the tv on to watch him for a second when he's here like i'd much rather watch um you know, give it to a uh, another young Aussie amateur, or you know, someone else that's that's actually going to be around for a, a little bit longer than fifteen minutes. I I understand why you why that opinion exists, and you know, we've heard that 
across a number of channels, you know, being referred to. I, I take a little bit more softer approach to it, like, but saying that, uh, you know, he's going to bring some eyeballs, he's going to bring some attention, you know, I just hope that he backs it up with some play. You know, he says he's coming here to play well, um, but he's never been to Sydney before and, you know, he wants to do the things that the locals like to do. So I just hope that it that it works for the sake of the players that are missing out mm. you know, and trying to make it a bigger event in the years to come. You know, I just hope that this plan that they're investing, I'm sure it's not an insignificant amount of money, but it's it's probably not the appearance fee that I would have to pay someone decent. Um, I just hope that it, that it, that it works and I hope that he plays okay. And if he does play okay and he plays on the weekend and he's mic'd up and he's he talks well and he's learnt all of that sort of space, that it, that it does the job somewhat. And that person that does miss out, albeit a younger person or, or some other level of, um, you know, other wise could have qualified, will get their opportunity and hopefully some of this abundance yeah. and affluence that I'm talking about, you know, comes our way. It just doesn't seem to be still coming our way. You know, in, in, in terms of National Open, you know, PGA, that sort of thing. We've got some of the better fields that we've had in a long time, granted. Mm. But um, yeah. I just hope some of this abundance and affluence and wealth and money that's being thrown around in, again, the US, one day can yeah. filter down to bringing a big tournament to Royal Melbourne or Peninsula Kingswood or Kingston Heath or whatever where we get all the world's best players, truly world's best players, playing on these courses for something other than a President's Cup yep. is my point, a yep. long way of getting to my point. Yeah, I did see, you know, talking of President's Cup, the world's loss will be not seeing the Peninsula Kingswood composite course, which mm. I saw the routing for the other day. So the, the Peninsula Kingswood Pro-Am that's um, hosted by Marcus Fraser and he gets all of the, you know, pros to come and play and it's a really good field. If you want to play, Scott, we can put a team in. Um, team of three is going to cost us $3,000 um, and oh. we, can, we can get a spot. I can get us in. That's in the M-Log budget, isn't it, mate? That's <laughs> Surely that's, uh, that's a rounding error for um, our budget mm, for the year. Mm, mm. But they're playing it for the first time on the composite course. And the, uh, like it's right, Royal Melbourne, there are three or four routings of a composite course and mm. I've not seen this composite course. I have played the compos a composite version at PK. Um, not this one, and this one is absolute cracker. 12, right. 12 of the north and six of the south or 11 and seven and uh, play down there. All, all of the holes that have rise and fall and undulation except for the 10th north, every other hole is a hole that's a, a cracking hole. It's, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. When is um, that? Uh, it's uh, in January, early January. Okay. But, uh, yeah, the, the not having the President's Cup, they won't get to see this wonderful composite course that we have over this great terrain. Yes. Anyway. Yet. Yeah, yet. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. So we need, um, the, we need this money in abundance to come back down and have these great tournaments down here with the best players. Mm. There you go. Um, um, rant over. Good rant. Thanks. Bobby Mack is at the PGA, Roscoe. Bobby uh, Mack coming to the Aussie PGA and Aussie Open. Yeah. Can you believe it? Are you ready? Yeah. I'd like to take some credit for, you know, pushing the – the Bobby Mack train in Australia over a number of years. Um, the history will show that we were very early on board the Oban Express, you know, going back to Rocket and myself, um, yep. you know, predating Caridi, uh, Rocket and I talking about Bobby Mack. Uh, I think I might have even mocked up a T-shirt design. I might have to go and look that up that I was going to get printed. I had – because there is, there is an actual um, haulage firm in, in Oban called the Oban Express Right. So I mocked up a, a, an Open Express truck and you know, put a bit of a Bobby Mack sort of theme to it. Um, I might go and dig that up and get some yeah. get some t-shirts made. 
Get some t-shirts made up, mate. Are, yeah. you, are you gonna you you are you gonna make the event? Uh, yes, You'll have to now. Yes, You'll con- have to confirmed for the Australian Open. Uh, confirmed mm. for the Australian Open, uh, definitely. So looking Brian? for it. Uh, unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. <laughs> unconfirmed. <laughs> to be confirmed. <laughs> Unconf- not confirmed. Uh, not sure. I haven't. Uh, yeah. Pro- maybe not. Maybe I have to miss this one. But doing some work up there, uh, Oz Open uh, on the range. So um, we'll get. You know me. You know I'm the worst. I talk talk all the talk and then don't walk the walk. You know. So Bobby McIntyre walked past me, and I'll have that fleeting second of go- of being able to go. Ex- yeah. Excuse me, Robert. Um, my name's Ross. You've never heard of me or, or never met me, but you know I feel partly responsible for the fact that you're here. Or or the Ross that goes, Hey, Bobby. All right, pal. Hey, all right. The Open Express. Do, 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 do. That, uh, what's the song? That's the Ross we need when that that's, happens. That, that, that's the one. We need it on film too. <laughs> no, that's not the, that's the Scott. I was thinking of the um, uh, no, no, the Scotland World Cup soccer song. That would get his uh, attention. Um, no, it'd be, it'd be nice to uh, meet Bobby McIntyre, but he'll probably be on several other podcasts before we ever, we ever get to uh, <laughs> even think about talking to him. Um, there you go. Uh, but it's great. Love it. Can't wait. Can't wait for Bobby to be here. Very good. Very good. Roscoe, my, my, my jet lag is kicking in. <laughs> You said wrap it up by 9 o'clock, but it's 10.15. Um, let's go. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us and uh, thanks for uh, ranting on so long. Uh, for everyone else, um, thanks for coming back. Sorry for missing a week. Uh, we'll try not to do that too often, but if we have to, there's always a good reason for it and we'll always back it up with an hour and a half uh, the week after. Uh, if you've liked what we do, feel free to tell us if you want to subscribe and share the episode and all of the wonderful people that do that and uh, do send us messages. We do appreciate you all. And uh, we appreciate you even more so now because you've listened to us for an hour and a half. Until next week on the Mile of Golf podcast, we'll see you then. 